0: Well, hello and welcome to Vaughn Forest Church. If we haven't had a chance to meet, my name's Adam, one of the pastors here. Glad you're here. It's great to see so many of you here on our campus. I want to welcome everybody joining us online. I am fired up about today. I've been looking forward to this day for quite some time. Week three of our Now is the Time teaching series, Sanctity of Life Sunday. If you're new, if you're jumping in for the first time today, if you're a guest, welcome. We are honored you're here. Let me kind of bring you up to speed on where we've been um, as a church family now for a few months. Back in the middle of November, those of us who call Vaughn Forrest home launched into a special offering called Now is the Time. That was an opportunity for us to give above and beyond our regular tithes and offerings to some ministry initiatives for 2023. Now, what we're doing in the month of January is we're taking a look at each one of those initiatives and we're seeing why, from God's Word, do we feel like God wants us to focus on this during this season of 2023. And then we're also talking about them from the perspective of vision. How are we actually going to go about accomplishing these initiatives? And if you've missed the first two weeks of this message series, I would encourage you to go back and watch them because I've already addressed two of the initiatives. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about how now is the time for us to launch our new special needs ministry called VF Buddies here at Vaughn Forest Church. Last week, we talked about uh, some of the uh, renovations and updates and really creating some larger space in our kids' ministry area, specifically with our fourth and fifth graders because they keep inviting their friends to church. This is a really good problem to have. And so they need larger life group rooms. And so we've been updating and upgrading. And then I talked about why did does that matter for the rest of us when it comes to being in community with other brothers and sisters in Christ, discipleship, spiritual maturity? And before I get to the initiative that we're going to talk about today, I want to give you a little bit of an update. So again, those of you who call Vaughn Forest Home, many of you have already given. We set a goal for $200,000. So $200,000 to go to five ministry initiatives. And again, we have till the end of this month to give. We've been giving you updates every single week. So I got to give you an update for where we are. But let me tell you something. I'm a little excited about this update I'm about to give you, okay? So I hope you can feel the anticipation building as I'm about to share with you what y'all have done, which has completely kind of blown my mind. It's blown our leadership uh, team's mind, but this is how generous our people are here at Vaughn Forest Church. So again, we prayerfully set the goal at $200,000. We still got to the end of the month, but as of the end of this past week, as a church family, y'all have given $250,000 to this special (laughs) offering. So that is worth celebrating, Yeah. Yeah, you can holler like your team just scored. Yeah, that's right. Did I mention my team scores a lot? Go dogs! Anyway, I won't rub that in, okay? I won't rub that in. But hey, isn't that fun? $250,000. So what does that mean? That means we get to tackle these initiatives with even more aggressiveness and maybe even some things we didn't even think we could do, we're not going to have an opportunity to do. So that's awesome. Great job. Super fired up about that. So let me tell you what we're gonna talk about today. And we've already talked a little bit about it earlier in our, mess, earlier in our service, but the initiative we're gonna focus on today is this, that we believe now is the time for us to answer our for such a time as this call with Roe versus Wade being overturned in our lifetime. It happened last June. And when it happened, I just kind of felt the impression from the Lord on my heart that this is our for such a time as this moment. Now, what do I mean by that? There are a lot of believers, brothers and sisters in Christ, who are no longer with us because they're with Jesus for all of eternity. And they prayed fervently that this would happen in their lifetime, and it didn't. It happened in our lifetime. And for those of us who've been praying for this for years, when it happened, I just really felt like it was an opportunity now for us as a church to say, well, what are we going to do? Now, let me give you a little bit of a background on that question. This church, from its inception, has always made this a priority. Again, maybe you're new to Vaughn Forest, you don't know our story. We were planted in 1994 by First Baptist Montgomery. We stand on their shoulders, and from this church's inception, this has been a priority. The ministry partners that you met earlier in our service today, the ministry partners that you're going to swing by their tables and talk to them after the service today, we have been financially supporting those ministries for years. So we didn't start this with Roe versus Wade being overturned, but what we did believe was that God was calling us to greater levels of generosity. That God was calling us to greater levels of commitment. And so that's what we're stepping into in 2023 with this being one of the initiatives of our Now is the Time special offering. So let me tell you what we're going to do in the message today. Go ahead and grab your message notes. They're inside your bulletin. If you're joining us online, you can access those right here at vaughnforest.com. What I want to do in our message today is kind of take you through Uh, four statements, and then the fill-ins that you're going to make in your message notes are going to kind of answer these statements, uh, questions, statements, for what we're going to spend our time focusing on today from God's Word. We're going to talk about what we believe, why we believe it, where we are right now at this point in time, and how you can be a part of answering our for such a time as this call. Now, it's true that Vaughn Forrest is a part of this, and you're a part of on Forest. And so you're already a part of answering this call. But I want to challenge you, and I hope that by the time you leave today, you've been challenged to go before the Lord and say, how would you have me to be a part of this in my own everyday life? God, what are the things you're bringing my way? What are the opportunities? that you're asking me to step into to be a part of the solution for this time that we find ourselves in. So you got your message notes? All right, we're gonna go through, I'm gonna answer those questions, give you a biblical passage, and um, it's gonna be fun. Here we go, number one. What do we believe? What do we believe when it comes to the rights of the unborn child? If you're taking notes, this is a long one, but I wanted it to be long because I wanted us to address this statement from all different angles. So I'm gonna give you a minute to jot it down. I'm gonna talk through this as you're jotting it down, but I think it's important To see what we believe and maybe you're kind of checking things out today maybe you're not yet a christ follower i think it's important for you to see what we believe and we're going to talk today exactly about why we believe that but here's what we believe every life has every human life has value and that value is not determined by which state of development that life is in now that is the lie that our culture is bought into that the stage of development determines whether or not it's life, that the stage of development determines whether or not that life has value, that is not what we believe God's word says. We believe God's word says every human life has value. That value is not determined by which state of development that life is in. And since life begins at inception, again, I'm gonna take you to multiple passages in God's word today that show us. In fact, the passages we're gonna look at today are gonna begin to show you that God even had you in mind before your inception, okay? But biblically speaking, this is what we believe, that since life begins at inception, from that point forward, that life has value, and aborting that life at any stage is murder. This is what we believe God's word teaches, and those of us who are Christ followers are called to speak up on behalf of those who have not yet had the opportunity to be born, to experience the life that God has planned for them. And this is what we believe God's Word teaches. Now, I could take you to a number of passages in God's Word, but I'm going to take you to one that's my favorite. And if you call Vaughn Forest Home, you've heard me use this passage before, but it's so foundational to what we believe, not just about this issue, but multiple issues that we face as Christ followers. So Psalm chapter 139, starting in verse 13. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. What an incredible verse. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. You were knit together in your mother's womb. God saw your unformed body. God knew you before your parents knew you. God knew you before your parents' parents knew them. That God has planned your life and that God has a purpose for your life. And, And this is foundational to why we believe what we believe. Now, the second thing we're going to talk about today then is why do we then believe this? And the answer to that is we believe this so strongly because we believe God created each human life in his image. This is the distinction that we have as God's people, human beings. God created everything. We believe that. But only man and woman, male and female, were created in his image. And I'm going to take you to a couple different passages in God's Word that show us this. But let me take you foundationally back to the beginning when, when God actually created, okay, man and woman. So let's talk about that from the book of Genesis. Genesis 1, chapter, Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. So God created mankind in his own image. And the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. So let's leave this up here for a minute and talk about it because I think it's interesting. Jesus called God his heavenly Father. We call God our heavenly Father. So we we refer to God in the masculine sense as God the Father. Then there's God the Son, Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit. But what's interesting about God is that when he created male and female, he created both of them in his image. So if God created you as a male, you're an image bearer of God. If God created you as a female, you're an image bearer Of God. And here's what we believe. We believe that God had design, intent, and purpose even behind that. And see, this is one of the other lies that our culture has bought into that being male or female is actually up for debate, that being male or female is for you to decide. And we don't believe that that's what God's word teaches. Now, we can be compassionate towards those who struggle with that and show them God's love. But see, ultimately, it's the truth of God's word that is the most loving thing that we can tell others. And I actually, many of you have started attending our church in the last year or so. Back in the fall of 2021, I did an entire message on gender dysphoria and how are we supposed to respond as Christ followers? And what are you supposed to tell your kids when they come home and start asking you questions. And how do we stand on the truth of God's Word when our society continues to move away from the truth of God's Word? And ultimately, what we talked about that day, and if that's a message you want to have access to, email us, and we'll be happy to send it to you, is that when God created you male, or when God created you female, He did that on purpose. That you were created in His image, and that was part of creating you in His image. Let me take you to another passage from the book of Isaiah. I like this one. Isaiah forty four twenty four. This is what the Lord says: Your redeemer. Here we go. Common theme: Who formed you in the womb? But here's why I chose this verse because of what it says after it. I am the Lord, the Maker of all things, who stretches out the heavens, who spreads out the earth by myself. Think about the heavens. Think about the galaxies. Think about the solar systems. They continue to discover solar systems that are, you know, millions and billions of light years away. And here's what God is saying: Yeah, I'm the same God who created all of that. And guess what I did? I formed you in your mother's womb. See, you you matter. Your life has value. Maybe you walked in here today and and, and you don't think you have value. Maybe someone this week took a shot at you, or they cut you down, or they bullied you, or they demeaned you, and, and you really struggle with whether or not you have value. And here's what I want you to see this morning. You have value because God created you. You have value because you were created in his image. And the same God that we speak of that created everything is the same God we're talking about who created you. You matter. Your life has value. And we believe all life has value, regardless of what stage of life that particular life is in. And then finally, Psalm 127.3. Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. Some translations say children are a blessing from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is the reward. We believe foundationally that every child is a blessing. That from God's perspective, there's no such thing as an unplanned pregnancy. That God planned for and has purpose for every life. And that when a child enters the world, regardless of the circumstances surrounding that child, that child is a blessing. And that as God's people, one of the things we've been called to is to lovingly serve that child. This is foundational to what we believe as Christ's followers. So let's talk about then where we are right now. In many ways, this is kind of why we decided to put this in our special offering because of what happened this past June. And what I believe is that at this point in time, we are at a crossroad where the church can really be the church. Now, what do we mean by the church? We've got a large campus here at Vaughn Forest. We're blessed with lots of facilities. But ultimately, the church isn't this facility. The church isn't this building. That's a tool. It's a resource that we want to steward well for kingdom purposes. Ultimately, however, the church is a people. But the church isn't just any people. The church is a people who have been rescued and redeemed and saved by Jesus Christ. A people who recognized individually that they were sinners in need of a Savior who came to a place in their life where they confessed Christ Jesus as Savior and Lord. Promised eternity with Jesus in heaven for all time. Because, see, Jesus is the only one who said he could do that. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and you're not gonna get to the Father unless you come through me. So we're a people united through the salvation we've experienced in and through Jesus Christ. But see, we're not just a people united in and through the salvation we've experienced through Jesus Christ and just enjoy each other. Just sit around and say, man, I'll tell you what, this world is a terrible place. I can't wait till we get to heaven one day. That is not what we are. We're a people who have been given a clear mission. And see, that mission is to share the love of Jesus and to tell others the good news of the gospel message, to be a light, to be the hands and feet. And for such a time as this church, we are now at a place where I see an opportunity for us to do that like never before. That there will be a lot of children born this year and they're gonna be born in a situation where there's need. And see, these needs are actually opportunities for us to ultimately point people to the only hope any of us have, which is Jesus Christ. And you got to meet some of our ministry partners earlier when Chad brought them here on stage, and you're going to all go by their tables on your way out today and talk to them a little bit more. But but I wanted you to get to hear from them as well. And so recently, Chad sat down and, and talked with some of them. And these ministries are large. There's lots of folks who are involved in these. And so some of the individuals you're going to see in this video aren't the same individuals that are here with us today because they're on teams. And, and we're grateful that we have so many folks on these teams that we partner with. But I wanted you to get to hear from them because they're really on the front lines of seeing this. So take a look at this video.
1: With the landmark decision that was handed down this past June by the Supreme Court overturning Roe versus Wade, churches all across America had a decision to make on how we are going to respond to our for such a time as this moment, promoting life. And recently, I had the opportunity to sit down with a few different organizations here in the River Region that have been on the front lines of this battle for years to talk about what the future might look like and how we can get involved in supporting them. So check out this quick video.
2: First Choice is a pregnancy resource center, and we've been serving in the Montgomery community for 40 years now. Pregnancy centers were kind of started and founded around the idea that a woman who's facing an unplanned pregnancy might just be a lot more likely to choose life for her baby if she has the support and the compassion and people around her to walk alongside her through that process. So a lot of times offering that ultrasound and allowing a mom who's maybe vulnerable to abortion or maybe wanting to have an abortion at this point, offering that ultrasound uh, gives her a chance to see that baby and um, maybe to make a connection and to bond with that baby for the first time. So since June, we've kind of seen two trends develop at First Choice, and the first trend is that women are very likely to travel out of state for an abortion. The second trend that we've seen, and it hasn't taken over quite as much, but this is kind of the coming wave on a national level, is the access to abortion pills via telehealth. Abortion hasn't become less accessible just because it's illegal. In fact, it's become more accessible than ever. We could not do what we do without the support of local churches. Over the past three years, out of women who came to our center who said, I'm planning to have an abortion, or who were in a situation where maybe they were undecided or vulnerable to an abortion, out of those women, we had 469 who said they were going to choose life for their baby as a result of coming to first choice ultimately we want to see our clients get plugged into local churches where they can grow and flourish and be discipled in the context of a body of believers i think if the dobbs decision has shown us anything it's that this is not going away the issue of abortion is not going away because Laws don't change hearts, only God will do that. We're a mobile medical clinic and we do pregnancy tests and ultrasounds. We're here to help women. Our mission statement is to serve women, save babies, and share Jesus. We offer free pregnancy tests and free ultrasounds if they, you know, have a positive pregnancy test. One of the things we like to do is offer them resources and so trying to find out about their life, their history, when we're talking to them is so important because then we can really zero in on what kind of resources these women need. If they need housing, if they need food, if they need, you know, anything that we can hook them up with to help them make their lives better for them and for their children and and going forth. And that's what it's all about.
3: So the Alabama Baptist Children's Homes and Family Ministries is dedicated to protecting, nurturing, and restoring children and families through Christ-centered services. The way we accomplish that is through what we call Homes for Children. That includes our foster care programs, not only in the communities, but on our campuses across the state. We also provide family care homes where we attempt to keep mothers and their children together instead of being forced into an out-of-home placement type situation on any given day we'll be serving somewhere around 300 children and um, some family care moms and that we have this beautiful program and we're building churches up to come alongside foster families and brace them up what we want to do is help foster families foster for a long time not just do one placement one helping situation and then be gone if you don't feel like you're in a position where you can bring a child into your home could you cook a meal for a foster family who may be having a tough week? Could you go in and babysit for two hours while foster mom and dad go to dinner and get a breath? Um, could you buy diapers and drop it off to help support a family? Will you pray for that foster family? There's about six thousand kids in foster care in Alabama, you know, in any given year. There are an awful lot of churches in Alabama awful lot of Christian churches and if we had one or two foster families that were willing to you know foster children of different ages if, if each church had one or two foster families we might be in a position where a foster child never has to go to a non-Christian home so what are we going to do now that this thing that we've prayed for for decades we've prayed for Roe v. Wade to be overturned for the states to have the right to decide now it's happened are we going to just say praise Jesus or are we going to put some hands and feet
0: to it. I'm so grateful for our ministry partners taking the time to share uh, with us today. So let me give you the last kind of point that we're going to talk about today, and it's quite simply this. How can you be a part of answering our for such a time as this call? As I mentioned earlier, we're we're doing this as a church. You're part of our church. We're we're doing this together, but but I really want to just focus on you. Is there something that God wants you to do? And that can be a little overwhelming. I mean, when you look at a big need and you look at a big initiative and then you think, I'm not really sure what what my place in this is. How am I supposed to figure out what I'm supposed to do in my everyday life when it comes to answering this for such a time as this call? And I wanna kind of right-size this for you. Let me give you what I believe is the step to take. To take the step of obedience that God is leading you to. If you will go to God with an open heart, an open mind, and say, God, I care about this. God, this is something I do believe that you're doing, that I want to be a part of. This has happened in my lifetime. I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to do, but my yes is on the table. God, as you show me what step to take, I will take that step of obedience. And as you take the step of obedience in front of you, God will continue to show you which next step he wants for you. So I'm going to give you some today. Now, these are very pragmatic next steps that are tied specifically to what we're talking about. And for some of you, these may be the next steps that God is leading you to take. And if he is, I want to challenge you to be obedient to that next step. So let me give you the first one. It's actually a next step on your connection card today to receive more info about TIPS foster care info meeting on Thursday, February 2nd at 5:30 p.m. So that is a next step on the back of your connection card. Again, if you're joining us online, you can access that right here at VaughnForest.com. So let me tell you what that is. You heard from Michael there at the end of the video with the Alabama Baptist, and he was talking about foster care. It's a great need, 6,000 children in our state, and we are going to be providing foster care training that you have to go through if you want to be a foster family here in the state of Alabama. We're going to be providing that here on our campus, here at Vaughn Forest Church. But this is an info meeting to find out a little bit more. And for some of you, if you're sensing that prompting, or if you just want to find out a little bit more about what that looks like and what the details are, this is the next step for you to take. Mark that next step. It's not committing you to become to getting into the foster care system. All you're doing is asking and receive a little more information about a meeting, and that's the next step. And then at that meeting, God may get more clear and he may lead you to actually taking that step let me give you another next step that you might want to take today and that's getting connected with live the promise Heidi was out here earlier on the stage and she set up at a table here in the lobby and this is a ministry that does what Michael was mentioning in the video about coming alongside a foster family where you do provide dinner for them or you go babysit so they can go out for dinner you purchase diapers maybe there's an emergency that comes up and they just need help with something and this is a ministry that we have here at Vaughn Forest Church that a lot of our folks are connected to, but maybe you didn't know about it, and maybe this is the next step. You say, I've got a heart for this. I want to take the step, but I don't think we're ready yet to become foster care parents, but we'd love to support those who do. This would be a great next step for you to take. So if you want to write Live the Promise in the prayer request line, your connection card, or again, you can swing by the table. Heidi's out there, again, with some of the other team, and uh, she'll be happy to help you with that. But this question is a question I want you to consider. What's God asking you to do? How can you be a part of this solution? And sometimes when we ask God, what he begins to show us, don't miss this, is what we're already doing. Sometimes what God wants you to do is take what you're already doing. What am I talking about? Your gifts, your talents, your abilities, your business, your workplace, your job, your student, at school. What is it that you're already doing? And how is it that God might want you to use that to be a part of answering our for such a time as this call. I'm just gonna rattle off a few examples. For example, maybe you're in real estate. You've got some rental properties. What if you took some of those rental properties and you used them to provide affordable housing for single moms in good school districts? That might be something that God leads you to. Maybe you're a loan officer. And maybe you begin to get creative about how you can work with individuals who don't necessarily think that's an option for them. Maybe you're a mechanic and you want to offer your services at a discounted or free rate in order to serve families who might just need to get their car back up and running. Maybe you work in the medical field, and you want to do a health and wellness clinic for free on a Saturday at some point here in the River Region. Maybe you own a business and maybe you've got really good organizational leadership skills and you could serve on a board of one of these ministries and and really help guide the future for what this organization is going to look like. See, I don't know what it is that God's gifted you with. I don't know what it is that you can actually do. But I bet if you ask him, God, can you show me how this could be a part of answering that? I believe God will be faithful in time to show you that. I'm going to show you a video here of someone who went to God with that type of prayer. His name is Sean. He's not a part of our church family. He lives out in Texas. And Sean went to God and basically said, God, I want my business to be a business that supports my family, but I also want my business to be an opportunity where I can share my faith with people who I'm trying to connect with my business. And I think for a lot of believers who maybe own a business or work at a business, you want to share your faith. How do you go about doing that? How do you integrate your faith and your work and your values in a way that just doesn't turn everybody off, in a way that doesn't offend everybody, in a way that points people to Jesus? And so what Sean did with this desire is he signed up for something called an overflow workshop, which is going to make a lot more sense after you watch this video. And at this workshop, he learned from some men and women who could help him see how to integrate his faith into his business and what that might actually look like, and what God had in store for Sean is more than he could have ever imagined. And he actually ended up answering a for such a time as call for such a time as this call with Roe versus Wade being overturned. I don't think he saw that coming. It's an amazing story, and I want to show you his story today because it ended up leading him to making a decision after Roe versus Wade was overturned. It was a super powerful decision that God used and is continuing to use. And then we're gonna be offering this same workshop here on our campus at the end of February. And for some of you, I think it might be the way God begins to show you how you can integrate your faith with whatever it is that you do during the weekday. But you gotta hear this story from Sean. It's super powerful, so take a look at this.
1: My name is Sean Turner and I'm the president of Buffer Insurance. When I first started the agency, I uh, did it out of my house in 2018 and then spent about two years before we hired our first employee. And in the middle of that first year, though, was when I got connected with Aaron and I just saw how he took these businesses and then now it's they're transforming lives. And so I said, we, we need that. And honestly, the way we were selling uh, a Buffer before going through Overflow, was we were focused on saving money, deductibles and co-pays and all these different feature-rich benefits uh, rather than focusing on the people and inspiring and transforming them. The Overflow team just made it super easy. After seeing the new branding and, the, and all the different color schemes and, and just the messaging, our primary tagline now is uh, your impact insured. And then we have some other phrases like be there for the ones you love, be there for the ones counting on you. Uh, your future is worth protecting and so we have all these different axioms that while they're they're taglines on paper we've instilled those into our business and so our employees say them all the time now I'm, I'm not very good with words and so we needed someone else to come in and bring these themes and these ideas and bring them in a way that we can articulate uh, for our not only for our employees and our team but to our prospects and clients as well and they always ask us like there's something different about you guys and then we have the ability at that point to share Christ with them and tell them that this is what God is doing in us.
2: Wow, Sean, what an honor, first of all, to to interview you. So many companies...
1: When we had uh, our oldest child, Zoe, who's seven, we had zero insurance. So we paid 100% out of pocket for the birth of her. And then within 48 hours later, I was back to work. And so uh, this is right during the overturning of, of Roe v. Wade. And the big theme at the time was that these large corporations instilling uh, benefits that were aligning with their values. Uh, And so they were uh, paying people, these employees, $4,000 to go have an out-of-state abortion and then come back to the office on Monday. I thought, you know what? We say all the time, be there for the ones you love. We decided to uh, walk through and implement benefits that we believed, uh, which was to uh, pay for the, uh, the expenses of birthing a baby, paying for maternity and paternity leave, and then for those families who want to expand their families through adoption, pay for those expenses as well. And so we, we took that and then we packaged together our handbook policies, different uh, policies, procedures, and then the insurance and tax saving strategies into a guide, and we post it online. And our Facebook posts normally get about 20 Facebook likes. And for whatever reason, this one post got over a million engagements, and which then pushed us to the, the the limelight with Fox News and with Newsmax, Blaze Media, and Kirk Cameron, and all these publications and media outlets.
2: You are just setting an incredible example. I hope you are rewarded for it, for showing that there are loving, um, nonviolent responses.
1: I think a lot of companies go through this, like, vision retreat type of experience. And then what happens is they get a couple words, it ends up on an inspirational poster on the wall and people walk past it every day and it doesn't necessarily mean anything. Uh, through the overflow process, it really dived down into who we were, not necessarily who we were aspiring to be. And so it was attainable because we already had it. And so it was just a matter of articulating our, the themes of who we are, how we serve people. And I think for us, Overflow has made it super easy for us to then implement into our businesses and see transformation.
0: I love that story. So we're going to have a workshop here on Saturday, February 25th. It's the next step uh, for you on your connection card today that uh, we put up here. There we go. Send me more info about attending the overflow workshop on Saturday. February 25th. So look, maybe you're a small business owner, maybe you're a decision maker in the place of employment that you have. This is just be an opportunity to come a few hours to hear some ideas about how to integrate your faith with what it is that you do every day. Because I really believe that God wants to mobilize his people in the marketplace. See, we gather in here on Sundays, but then we scatter throughout the week and we scatter to be God's people and to be a light. But you know, that that may not necessarily apply to you. But, But here's what I want you to think about for a second. And here's what I love about Sean. He didn't say, God, I'm just an insurance guy. What difference can I make? God, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. What difference can I make? God, I'm just a high school student. What, what difference can I make? God, I'm, I'm just a mechanic. What difference can I make? God, I'm retired. My career is behind me. What, what difference can I make? Did you know that scripture is full of people who when God tapped them on the shoulder or looked back at God and said, you got the wrong guy or you got the wrong girl. Moses did it. Abraham did it. And we still do it today. But can I challenge you? God wants to use you. God wants to use you, and it may not necessarily be in a particular area tied with with Roe versus Wade being overturned in our lifetime, but listen to me. God wants to use you, and my challenge to you today is to be open, because when you come to God with an open heart and say, God, my yes is on the table. I want you to use me. I believe he will be faithful to answer that prayer. Our worship team is going to make their way out. They're going to lead us in a time of response, and I told Matt a couple weeks ago, I said, hey, we gotta do that song at the end of this message because we've been doing it on Sundays. I think our people are starting to learn it, and I love the, me- I love the message of the song, and it's simply this, that, that when we sing, when we pray, when we worship, we're doing all of that to the same God we read about in his word, that the same God who's moved before is the same God that wants to move now. That the same God who answered prayers then is the same God that wants to answer prayers now. That the same God who has moved for such a time as this in the past, church, is the same God that wants to move for such a time as this now. So as we go into this time of response, would you ask him to show you the step he would have you to take? Would you bow your head as we pray together? And so God, that is our prayer. That as we come to you as your people, God, we want to be a people who says yes. We want to be a people who says we'll go. We want to be a people who says we'll shine our light. And God, sometimes we need you to guide us into that process, into the step you'd have us to take. And God, I do believe you've brought us to it for such a time as this moment. God, I do believe there are people in our community walking through the fear and the anxiety of of an unplanned pregnancy. And I believe that you're calling us to love them. God, I believe you're calling some of us to be foster parents. God, I believe you're calling some of us to support foster parents. God, I believe you're calling some of us to see the businesses we lead or the jobs we have differently as actually an opportunity to share our faith in a way that works in today's marketplace. And God, the the greatest resource Vaughn Forest Church has is its people. God, my prayer is that you would mobilize your people to be your people in a way that point people to Jesus. So God, as we worship you now, I pray that you would speak to each one of us as your children. And we pray all of these things in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you here in our campus, would you stand as we respond and worship together?